Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Okay, I'm good. Don't be suspicious. 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 You know what I really love? I love the ones that are, don't be a mimic. Don't be a mimic. Don't be a mimic. Don't be a mimic. The ones are fun. I love those too. Those are so good. Hey guys, here's what's coming up. On June 6th, we will be discussing Artificial Condition by Martha Wells, which is the second of the Murderbot Diaries. If you'd like to make sure you're ready for it, check out our episode from this past November about the first book in the series, All Systems Red. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. We have all sorts of cool perks available from our mini-series and monthly episode picking poll to bookmarks and books from our TBRs. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, the Pirate Queen, Sam, Megan, and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we're reading, reading, well, we're not reading, we're discussing, rather, a book that I highly enjoyed that I tore through it. I think I started it in December and I kind of got little, was a little stuck on it because it was a little slow for the first like few pages. And then like I tore through it enough that I had to prime and I don't usually prime books. Usually I will go to a store and just go find it. I had to prime the next two books so I could devour them. Okay. So the book we're discussing tonight should be a very interesting episode for any of you who have read it and the uh, dichotomy that you will hear between me and Abby. So (laughs) we will be discussing A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. So if you don't know what this book is, it is a, I would um, aken it to the Outlander series by Diana, mm, whatever, Gib, Galaba, I can't remember how to pronounce her name. G and some A's and an L and a B and an N and throws them all together into a word. Word salad. Yeah, I'm real not <laughs> word salad for her. Uh, you know how that is kind of a modern day with some time traveling kind of like not uh, magical realism, but kind of, but not. This is kind of like that but a little deeper level where we focus on vampires and witches and demons. And what I really like about this, that the Outlander series lacks is that there is science and history. So well melded into this series because let's go into our fun facts. Deborah Harkness, the author is a true life historian and she is a professor of history at the university of Southern California. So we have a, historian writing these books. Ooh, love it. I also found out that one of her favorite books is Little Women. Fantastic. Also a really good book. Can't can't deny that's not that a one. great book. It's so good. This book is actually part of a trilogy called the Old Souls Trilogy. Editing Abby here. She meant the All Souls Trilogy. Back to the show. And the second book is called Shadow of the Night. And the last and the third book is called The Book of Life. 
And there's another one, there's a fourth that came out that follows Marcus, who we'll talk about later, which I've not read yet. So I've only read the trilogy. Interesting about her process, Deborah would get up um, and write before all of her engagements and everything from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning. And I'm like, oh, goodness, that's so early. That is so early. So early. But it's because all of her meetings started at 8 a.m. because she worked primarily with West Coasters and they planned their meetings around her around eight o'clock. And so she like, and by the time she was done with work, she's like, I just don't want to talk to people anymore. Kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, She is also in a, has an award-winning wine blog, which is very interesting because this book sure does talk a lot about wine. And it's because she sure does know a lot about wine. I did wonder about that. I'm like, wow, this vampire is very obsessed with wine. Oh, the author knows a lot about wine. This makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. Um, She's also, her favorite pastime is cooking. She loves cooking. She, if she's writing a nonfiction, so she writes a lot of papers, of course. She likes to listen to Bach or Mozart, which I totally like jive with because when I'm doing studying, I like to also listen to classical music. Um, But then she made these great playlists that like, like playlists for her characters, like she has like what would be on um, Diana's iPod and what would be on Matthew's iPod. And I think she posted it on her main site, but I didn't actually go and find them or anything. I just kind of read about it. So yeah. Well, those are very fun facts. I know, right? I love it. So now that we kind of talked around and danced around the book, Abby, what is this book actually about? Deep in the stacks of Oxford's Bodleian Library, young scholar Diana Bishop unwittingly calls up a bewitched alchemical manuscript in the course of her research. Descended from an old and distinguished line of witches, Diana wants nothing to do with sorcery. So after a furtive glance and a few notes, she banishes the book to the stacks. But her discovery sets a fantastical underworld stirring, and a horde of demons, witches, and vampires soon descend upon the library. Diana has stumbled upon a coveted treasure lost for centuries, and she is the only creature who can break the spell. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and it's sad how we both speak English and we're like, how do we say that name of a English library? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. To be fair, to be fair, we're Americans, so. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we butchered the English language you're saying? Uh, yes, we, we chop it up into little pieces. And do word salads. That's how we roll here. Yes. I word, <laughs> I, I word salad, the um, author of Outlander's novels, that's for sure. So let's get down into some characters. So we start with Diana Bishop. So this book is primarily from her point of view. Um, she is a witch and a researcher. She is in Oxford to study and do research, obviously. She is originally from Salem because her line, her family line is the Salem Bishops, which you know anything about the Salem Witch Trials. They are an important family, which I don't know very much about. So I can't tell you like precisely which bishop she is, but I know she's part of that. We have Matthew Claremont, who is a vampire, and he is a visiting professor who works at the university lab doing research. I love all of his like, He's like, oh, where, what, what, what papers have you published? And then, like, she's reading through his paper. He's like, oh my god, you published so many things about what about about wolves and hereditary things. And she's just like, what is this research this vampire's doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I love it. Like, 
And I just love how he's like, yes, I'm a visiting professor and technically I'm not even from here. And then I don't have to teach classes. I get to just research and get me some graduate students to do my work for me. Thank you. It cracks me up. We have Emily Mather, who is Diana's aunt, wife of Sarah Bishop, also a witch. Um, Sarah Bishop is Diana's maternal aunt, also a witch. Um, and then Emily and Sarah raised Diana because Diana's parents were killed. We find out about that. Not good things. Um, we meet Miriam Shepard, who is a vampire, who is snarky and delightful. And she works in the university lab with Matthew and Marcus. We meet Marcus Whitmore, also a vampire. Also works in the university lab with Marcus and Miriam. With Marcus, well, with Matthew and Miriam. Wow. My bad. We meet Peter Knox, a powerful wizard who wants Diana to embrace her heritage and join the witches as a full witch. Hmm. He seems suspicious. We meet <laughs> Isabu. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had this sudden vision of him like creeping around the Oxford Library going, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Uh, I don't know if he maybe is the one doing that or if um, the other witch that barely mentions the one doing that. So, Oh, her too. Together we have two witches. Cooper on library going, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. suspicious. All right, guys. Precisely. You don't know how this night's going to go. Here's how it's going to go. We meet Matthew's mother, who is also a vampire. Her name is Isabeau de Clarat, and she lives in France at Septours. That could have been butchered, because it's French, and I speak German. Um, we meet Baldwin Montclair, a vampire, Matthew's older brother and the head of the Claremont family. And we meet Hamish Osborne, a demon and Matthew's best friend. He is from Scotland. Did he have a Scottish accent in the audiobook? He did. Mm. I bet that was delightful. I fell down a TikTok trap of Scottish people speaking. I don't even care what they talk about. <laughs> I just like to listen to <laughs> Scottish people speaking to me. I'm like, God, what, would I, what was I listening to last night? Oh, something about finding shiny rocks on the shore, seashore. And I was like, uh-huh. I love shiny rocks. Tell me about <laughs> shiny rocks by the seashore and your Scottish accent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm right there with you. That's one of those accents that's just like, you could say that I'm like the worst person you've ever met and be insulting me. And I'd be like, yes, please tell me more. <laughs> and then I fell down a Irish um, trap as well, where this person was just rattling off Gaelic phrases. I'm like, okay, yep. Yeah, it was cool. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't even care. And then they would say it like in English. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. Just keep talking Gaelic, it's cool. <laughs> this is the stuff that happens late at night when I don't want to go to bed. Yeah, you know. All right. Um. So you listened to this as an audiobook. I read it. So this book, actually, Abby, you may thank this book for spurring my interest again in physical books. Is because of this book, I decided I want to read physical books this year. Okay. Well, I do thank it for that. Um. For those of you who are not planning to listen to the second half, just know this book got a very lukewarm reception from me. Mo loved it. She devoured it. And I read it. <laughs> but Abby read it because Abby loves Mo. And that is something I really greatly appreciate because there have been times where I have you ever DNF the book I have suggested for you to read? I don't think so. Would you have DNF this book if I had not loved it so much? Probably. 
Okay, so you can see Abby's <laughs> love and death for Mo because she finished a book that she really didn't want to finish. So I appreciate it because it was a long book. Yeah, and I'm definitely like, guys, the audiobook is freaking 24 hours long. 24 hours. Um, Abby, you remember that one time that you made us read Warbringer by Brandon Sanderson? Remember that one time <laughs> that we did that? I think that book was still longer. Do you understand why I continue to read this? I appreciate you. I appreciate That's why I finished the other one. I know. All right, guys. Well, uh, if you haven't read these books, I love them. Um, but if you would like to stick around and listen to Abby's opinion about these books, just, just wait until the commercials and come right back, okay? All right, guys. We'll talk to you in a minute. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show. Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them. And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews. Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, guys. And remember, if you have not read A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness, this half is spoilers. The book will be spoiled for you. So if you don't want that to happen, I suggest you pause, go read the book, and then come back and talk to us. Okay. Or not, because it's a very long book and it takes 24 hours to listen to it, or it takes a hot second to read it. That's a long book. But you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I read the book. I read the book really fast. Uh, I'm actually going to look that up on my Goodreads to see how fast I read it. Okay. Um, And as far as, I mean, we're going to start with favorite characters like we normally do. Literally, I have, I wrote, didn't really have any because like, those are just my lukewarm feelings about this book in general. Like I didn't hate any of the characters, but I also didn't love any of the characters. <laughs> and they all just like, I don't know. I felt very blah about all of them, which is sad because I did like Diana and Matthew at the beginning of their relationship. And then all the cheese, there was so much cheese. There was insta love and there was like, proclamations of undying love and I'll never leave you and I was just like oh gag gag me now I can't I can't here's the problem (laughs) there's a reason for it (laughs) but you have to read the other two books about why and I mean if you're not going to read the other books I mean would you can I tell you why you can't expect me to accept insta love and not back it up with something in the first book. Dang it, Abby. Okay, but listen. So you know how they go back and... Are you going to read the books? Can I just tell you? Six minutes later. Well, thank you for that rundown. Yeah, I probably didn't sell it very well, but that's okay. I loved how it all came together. She tied up every single loose end by that last book. And I was like, satisfaction. I love that you loved it. Okay. That's all that matters. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I very much appreciate that you loved it. I love that it got you back into physical books. But I, I, I won't be able to make myself pick up that second one. Fine. Hi, excuse you. 
Can I I'll help you? With, I'll live with that. I do want to watch the series though, real bad. So would you watch the series with me? I would watch the series with you. Okay, if I get a, when I get a login, I don't know when I will, because I want to watch Ricard too first. I'll let you know and we'll watch it together. Okay. Anyway. Especially since I've read the first book, so I feel like I can probably watch at least the first season. I'll be fine. Awesome. You were really mouthy tonight. You did not read this book. You can't have an opinion on it. And you can't lay on my computer. Oh man, you're so mean. You're like, you can't do any of this nonsense. Could you get? I know. Not mean. You're not. Mommy's just like, you can't. And poor baby River's like, what the hell? So now that we went on that tangent. Sorry, everyone who uh, is like, what happened here? I went on a tangent and Abby cut me out. Sorry. So my favorite characters in no uncertain order. Um, actually, my, one of my favorite characters is not even in this book, but I love Diana. Um, I love a smart girl. I love a girl who takes charge. I love someone who is like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm like, yeah, girl, you tell that man. No man going to tell you what to do. That's right. All about that life. And gosh, I love someone. She's just so smart. Like she's doing all this research. She's putting all these things together about how old alchemy tests, um, you know, link back to modern science and how it links to magic and doing all these really cool things. I love the way that these texts are described and these are real things. So you can look up the Ashmole 782 and see the images and everything. I think Did I make that up. Pretty sure I didn't make, Oh crap. Did I No, I'm pretty sure I didn't do that. Yes. It does in fact exist outside the world. Wow. But the uh, whereabouts are currently unknown. Ooh, so it truly was donated to the Bulin um, library in Oxford in 1858 as part of a chemist and bibliophiles, um, Ellis Eshmole's extensive book, Coin and Natural Object Collection. Huh. So it, it was actually real. That's cool. Right. And that's what I love. There's so many things in here that she did so well weaving into it that you're just like, oh, I love it. Um, and she weaves so well real world and fantasy that you're like, I need to go look it up. Is that real? Is that not real? Um, and then... In the second book, um, she weaves in historical figures so well as well. So, mm -hmm. so cool. Loved it all. Diana's amazing. I love Matthew. Um, he's a little possessive, but that's the nature of the vampire, apparently, in this book. And that's the lore of the vampires, that they're very possessive of people. But he also has this super sweet and caring nature that I enjoy. I, I enjoy the warrior poet that he is. Mm-hmm. I love Marcus. Um, we get to see Marcus a lot more in the next books, but he is a grounding stone for Matthew. And I love their father-son relationship. So even though basically Marcus is a vampire turned by Matthew, Marcus is from the Re Revolutionary War, so he's American. Um, Matthew takes really good care of Marcus and is very protective of him. We have Miriam, who is a part of the Claremont family. Don't know who turned her or anything she is loyal to matthew and she's like a little scary like 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 she's a scary teddy bear which is what glass is which you would love him once if you met him but Miriam's like the female version of a scary teddy bear and i don't know what that is called hmm. i don't think we have a term for it i i don't think we do either but 
she she's she's a balls buster for sure. <laughs> I love how sassy she is. That's, that's what I love about her. She's just sassy. It's my favorite. And then I really like um, Isabu as well because she goes from very icy, very not close to Diana and eventually tries to scare her away, tries to talk her out of her relationship with Matthew. And it just ends up, they end up bonding in a way where you're like, wow, that was a good female relationship that happened. Okay. But she's so regal and so posed and just... It, it'd be like like watching royalty from afar when you got to meet her, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love how her and Matthew act. I love, like, there's a scene where they're in the, I think they're in the study, and they, they're dancing, and she dances with them. And you can just imagine, like, this really regal woman and a regal, you know, dancing with her son kind of a thing. And you're just like, oh, it's like a mother-father, a mother-son wedding dance kind of vibe, but it wasn't. But, you know, you know. Yeah. I loved it. I love them all. Um, least favorite characters, Abby. Again, I didn't really have any. I don't know, like the villains were villainous, but they didn't make much of an impression on me. What about you? Yeah. Peter Knox is an awful human being. The witches in general are awful human beings. I don't like any of the witches but Emily and um Sarah. I like their coven. We made their coven in um, book... We made their coven in book one or book two? It's gotta be book mm, two. Book three. No, it's book three. We made their coven. So they're all real good witches. Uh, versus Peter Knox and Satu, Allison. All of these English witches are truly witches. Like, the fact that they, you know, they they talk so high and lofty about being loyal to blood and being loyal to being a witch... And yet they kidnap her and torture her. Like Satu kidna- kidnaps Diane and tortures her. And I'm like, going to call bullshit about your loyalty to blood. Not going to say, mm-hmm. you know? And then Peter Knox is just a devious little snake. We don't like him. Yeah. Because he only wants one thing. He wants the Ashmole manuscript. And he will do anything to get it, literally, including employing questionable witches to do dirty work. So that's what I got on people I don't like. Should we move on to favorite scenes? Everything, yes. All right, well. Abby, tell me your favorite scenes real fast, and then I'll tell you about mine okay. for a while. Um, I did enjoy the first, like, quarter of the book where Diana is doing, like, hardcore research in the library. I just found all those scenes very soothing because, like, I could sit myself in her seat and see myself doing that and just, like, wandering between the books and picking out books to look through for my notes and just like I connected with that (laughs) so I did enjoy that Mm -hmm. part um and I really enjoyed the yoga session at Matthew's mansion castle thing house it's a it's a a country estate it's a country manor it's a house so it's a mansion it's a mansion yeah (laughs) I did enjoy that scene though. I liked that it was vampires, witches, and demons all together just chilling and doing yoga. And I was like, oh, I could get behind a society like this. I know. I like how they all come together. I like, I can't remember um, the girl that does yoga if she's a, I think she's a witch. I think she's a witch. Or a demon. 
I think so too. I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very, very minor, but I like her. Her spirit came well through the book, I think. Yeah. Well, and I really liked that she, as the yoga instructor, was not trying to make everybody do the exact same thing. Like the vampires were moving way faster than everybody else. And um, at one point she comes over to Diana and she's like, this pose is not for you. Try this instead. Mm-hmm. And Diana's like, absolutely floored. She's like, nobody's ever told me I shouldn't do this pose before, even though I absolutely hate this pose. Like the teacher, good teacher, recognizing your strengths and doing the alternate pose that the teacher told her about was like, wow, this is actually really soothing. And I really like this. I was like, yes, that's a good instructor. <laughs> All right. So what about you? Well, I love when she calls out the actual novel for the first time. And she's like, not going to do any magic it'll be fine maybe i need to do just a little tiny bit of magic to figure out what's going on with this thing and then you know she opens and she's like oh 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 bad bad close put back in pile go away <laughs> she's like nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um because she tries not to use her magic or anything um and she all of her magic is done by instinct and so she just tries really hard to leave it alone but i like how she's like want to know what's in this book and she touches it and she's like oh this is made out of people oop nope nope goodbye like people like creature people not Uh very very scary for her well and then this these books creatures are witches demons and vampires in case you guys were like oh we don't know what that means now you know obviously i like when diana's doing research in library (laughs) And she gets irrationally annoyed by Matthew's, um, like, his presence. She's like, what is he doing here? Why is he? And I'm just like, maybe you should talk to him and, like, confront (laughs) him versus being just agitated, you know? Right. I thought it was so funny that she was just getting so annoyed. I'm like, I mean, I would get annoyed if I felt like somebody was in my space. But at the same time, it's not a private library. library. (laughs) Right. Well... I think the room she was in was like a public room, um, not public, a like a private reading room, and you had to reserve the seats for it. Mm, yeah. Okay, that would annoy me then. Yes, I agree. I love the yoga session. I love how, I love the peace it brought her because I feel like she's a very chaotic person, um, and you know, and she talks about how she does all that. So she's a rower, and by rower, like going on to the river and rowing a boat. And that she she runs a ton and she rows because she has to burn off all her excess energy because she doesn't do magic. And that doing this yoga session, um, instead of her just constantly kind of being buzzing and on fire, chilled her out for once. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, girl, maybe you need to chill a little bit more. Because she apparently is a very anxious person and does not like taking medication because she's like, nope, did that once, wasn't good, never again. I did connect with her on that too, because I have anxiety and I was like, oh yeah, I get that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I like it when we get like halfway through the book and they go to um, step tours and they're visiting um, Isabu and, you know, first this vampire lady is so cold, so vicious. And then she's like, let me take you hunting. And um, Isabu shows diana what a vampire is like while hunting you know because matthew eats privately he he doesn't like basically she's even she's 
Matthew is old. Matthew's old enough that he was in the Crusades. She's even older than he is. And she is very primal, for sure. And extremely controlled. And she's like, this is what we are. This is how we survive. Are you, can you handle that? Are you ready for this? And she's like, you know, I think her inner dial was like, oh, it might be sick. And she's like, I will show no fear in front of this vampire. You know, and that kind of earns her some scars in Isabu's book, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. I like that whole scene because you also get to learn Matthew's um, backstory as well. Yeah. I put that twice. Apparently, I like that whole scene enough to put it twice. So I love anything involving the Bishop house once we get there. I love a good sentient house. Like, yeah, that was pretty fun. If you're, yeah. I mean, if your house, in your house, I, I also love that her ancestors are in there. And her ghost, her ghost ancestors mm-hmm. are there. Yeah, like the sentient house didn't surprise me. I liked it, but it didn't surprise me. But the ancestors being mm-hmm. there, just hanging around as ghosts, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, that makes sense when I think about it, but I would not have expected that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like how the house can just add rooms as needed or taking them away. Oh, we don't need this house or this room. Boop, mm-hmm. Gone. And then when it comes back, it's like, all <laughs> still stuck in that time period when the house decided that room was no longer needed. Yeah. And how the house likes to hide things. <laughs> well, and that room popped up and they all went to check it out and they're like, do you recognize literally anything in here? No? Okay, good. Me neither. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never seen this room before. Okay. And then throughout the entire series, I love almost a seamless weaving of science and history in these books do in these books no we mustn't maybe we are maybe we don't do we get to go to matthew's lab in discovery of witches i'm gonna say no okay that was some of the coolest ways that the author wove in the papers we learned about that because, of course, Diana read his papers because kind of know what Dr. Clement was about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to the labs because that's how where um, he took her DNA sample. Mm-hmm. And they found out about all the stuff in her DNA. Yeah. 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 So we get to learn about, like, this vampire is doing DNA science to find these sequent markers to identify who's a demon, a witch, and a vampire, and how they all correlate and how... You know, seeing the markers of what kind of witch you might be and how her markers are off the chart and whack. You know, looking what a demon's markers look like. I think they have an extra chromosome or something a demon does. Um, And then how vampire DNA just rewrites it. I love, like, all of it, just the way that was tied into. And then the history of the book. So, you know, we have a real-life book that's gone missing, weaved into it. Real places in London, uh, she did some really, really good research. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got. Well, you want to talk about your least favorite things? Sure. I really liked the, like, the search for the manuscript and everything involving that. But then all this cheese started happening with the insta-love and the vows of, you know, everlasting faithfulness and I'll love you forever. And I'm going y'all have known each other for a week and it's just it it made it very cheesy for me and I can tolerate some cheese but this book had me feeling lactose intolerant interesting well it's just like 
every time they interacted, it was, I love you. I love you too. We, we can't be together. Oh, wait, I want to be with you. Like it, it just felt cheesy and overdone for me. I'm not saying it was badly written. It was very well written book. I'm just, it was, there just wasn't enough backing for the romance for me. And I believe you that there's more backing for the romance in the second book. Mm -hmm. But the lack of backing in this first book does not encourage me to read the second book. That's okay. We'll just watch the TV show, which I've been told does a fairly good job connecting the book and the show. Like it's a very good adaptation. Okay. So yeah, that was my major hangup and what really like killed my enjoyment of this book because I was enjoying myself for like the first quarter of it until they really started in on the, on the drama romance. And then it was like, uh, I'm going to keep going because Mo loves this book. <laughs> Mo did love the book. All right. So what about you? What did you dislike? Um, not a fan of when we run into torture scenes inside of books. I did not enjoy Diana being tortured by Satu at all when she got captured from um, Septor's. Not my favorite thing in the world. I was kind of like, ooh, yeah. I don't mind violence, but torture is something totally different, you know? Yeah, for sure. So that kind of made me kind of go, ugh. Um, and then there's Juliet, who we meet at the very end of the book. Like, like she's scary crazy. Like, Yeah, she was kind of freaky. Yeah, I was like, oh, she is the reason why people are scared of vampires. Right here. The, the vampire of the night is going to kill you and be beautiful. Oh, she kills you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. The beginning was kind of boring when you're trying to get into it. Because you're literally reading about somebody researching in the library. So when I looked at my Goodreads, I had started it in October because I thought it would be a great October read. And I read like the first 30 pages, maybe if that. And then after Halloween, I guess I decided I had to pick it up and like work through it. And then I flew from, it's like a 550 page book. I read like 500 pages in like seven days. Like that's a pretty hefty commitment to finish it and then I got the other two books yeah well especially because like okay you can have a 500 page book you can have two very different 500 page books like this is a dense 500 page book I mean I'm reading Illuminae right now and it's a 600 page book and I've been getting through it much faster than I would have gotten through the physical version of this book which is shorter and it's just like it's how they're written. It's the content. It's just like, it, it's mostly like the content. Like some books are just denser content wise. And I feel like this is one of those. Oh yeah. And the page, the, the type is small. The, the margins are small. Everything about this book is a big book with small print. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's what I dislike. I don't dislike too much of this book. So what are your final thoughts, Abby? Okay. So... I'm usually a really high rater, but I gave this book three and a half stars. So like for me, a three-star book is like, eh, is my description of it. Like I didn't really enjoy it, but somebody else might. I gave it the extra half star because I did think it was well-written. Like despite all the cheese that I didn't enjoy, I did think it was well-written. It just wasn't for me. And so I feel like other people would enjoy this book. 
I just happen to not be one of them, unfortunately. Yeah, I would say the writing in this book is phenomenal. Would definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And like you said, it's very well researched. I liked that she pulled real life things mm-hmm. into it. Because uh, normally that would be a big draw for me. Like I love, I normally love books that have real world things that are pulled into them and like woven into the story. But just this book didn't do it for me. Yeah, I'm I'm probably never going to read the next one. And yeah, I mean, I was interested in the plot around the manuscript and then it mostly devolved into Diana and Matthew's relationship. And then I was much less interested in the book. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, other people might enjoy this book. The writing was really good. It just wasn't for me. How about you? That is all right. So for me, I rolled through this book like, it was a five out of five. I loved it. I devoured it. I thought it was amazing. I went out and bought the other two books. I love the writing. I love the different vampire lore that it had. Because I, I get bored. I get bored reading the same kind of old vampire books. This was a very fresh take, I thought, on it. And instead of having werewolves and vampires, it was werewolves, witches, and demons as the alternatives. I want to read the fourth book eventually. I haven't gotten around to it yet. I didn't even put it on my list this year because I forgot about it. I'll probably read it next year. And I want to watch the TV show and compare the TV show to the book. And the good news is each season correlates with the book. So there's three seasons and three books. So it's easy peasy like that. Oh, good. Well, guys, that's what we have for tonight. Let us know if you enjoyed the Discovery of Witches. Or hopefully you will believe me and give it a try and let me know that it's awesome. <laughs> Don't trust Abby's rating. I promise it's <laughs> really good. All right, guys. Have a great night. Talk to you in a couple of weeks, guys. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or a review on the app you use. Or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.